This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us again. I am glad you are here. And as we get towards the end of this current study of Charity and Truth, an encyclical by the late uh, Pope Benedict uh, the 16th. Uh, today, chapter 5, and there are six chapters, so we'll conclude next time, but chapter 5, we uh, study the something that kind of we all wish would happen, but never really seems to, and that is the cooperation of the human family. As Pope Benedict the 16th addresses these various uh, injustices or various means towards a just society in this encyclical and how we live out charity and truth. He addresses this very important topic of how do we cooperate as the human family in order to bring about the kind of world and society we wish already existed. So uh, how we can do that can be very confusing yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with people over the years about world peace and, you know, uh, peace in society, peace in the neighborhood and the city or whatever. But it can be very confusing in those conversations as to what the answer to that is. Uh, do you ever buy furniture that you have to put together yourself? And then sometimes you just kind of stare at those instructions of how to put that furniture together. You're kind of like staring like a deer in the headlights. Uh, fortunately, sometimes though, the instructions actually make sense and you can do it. Well, today, Pope Benedict Sixteenth is going to give us some instructions that make sense. There's a lot of how-tos in chapter five of the encyclical and how to get along as the human family. Now, in chapter five, I stated, we're talking about cooperation. We're talking about getting along as not just a nation or a city or county, but getting along as an international family. And in the task of ensuring a world where every nation and every individual thrives. We start, however, with the stark reality that we do not thrive. We're not there. All people, all nations do not thrive. In fact, there is a lot of poverty, and not just financial poverty in the world, but in other areas of human existence. There's educational poverty. Uh, yes, financial poverty. There's the poverty of lack of clean water. There's domestic violence, which creates uh, emotional poverty. There's the breakdown of the family and the poverty around that and, and so on. But what is the greatest poverty? What's the greatest poverty that we deal with as humans? It is isolation. And the first sentence 
And this chapter is from Pope Benedict XVI is the greatest poverty that humans suffer from is isolation. In fact, St. Teresa of Calcutta says that loneliness is the greatest poverty. You see, when we isolate ourselves from God and from each other, then we are in poverty. And this causes then other forms of poverty. I serve uh, the homeless population every day. And many of the homeless I encounter could be on solid ground, but they have made decisions in their life that has cut them off from their family. Therefore, the family is no longer willing to help them. Maybe they burnt their bridges, burnt the family too many times. What's happened is that individual has isolated themselves through their, in, in, uh, through their decisions. And then that isolation brings on homelessness. I'm not saying that's a story of every homeless person. I'm just saying I've encountered people like that. Pope Paul VI said, The world is in trouble because of lack of thinking. The world is in trouble because of lack of thinking. And that is so true. We are stuck not cooperating with each other. We are stuck with a world where there is much poverty, a world where there's so much division because we don't think. We just stuck in the status quo. Uh, As I said this last week as well, but we have to engage our minds in order to understand how to go forward. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again mindlessly. I was driving down one of the freeways in Portland uh, this week on my way to the office. And I thought to myself, I wonder how many of these people are just robots. <laughs> they just kind of mindlessly get ready in, for work in the morning, mindlessly get in their car, mindlessly go down a freeway, mindlessly go to their office and do the same thing without ever stopping to think and question their reality that they believe is reality. In order to get to a world of peace, we have to stop doing the status quo and we have to start questioning, like really asking the tough questions and challenging ourselves. Maybe we've been wrong all along. There's a novel idea. So we have to engage our minds in order to get to the point where we can see a just world because we're actually getting along with each other. Uh, Division creates injustices like take racism like in the 1950s and 60s in America where you had segregation what brought about that segregation what brought about that type of form of racism it was because there was division between white and black people you see if white and black people cooperated segregation would have never happened you see it's that simple wars the injustice of war happens because nations are divided against each other and so on. So we have to learn to begin thinking and understand why and how did we get to this place? What is wrong with the place we're at? How do we creatively get out of this mess and get into a world of unity? Now, one more important point to bring up before we move into the how-tos of cooperation is this. It is important to note that the very root of creating a just world and world of unity is relationship. That's the root right there. We were made for relationship. 
And look at the example of the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Here you've got divine, divine cause, God existing within divine relationship. Now, Jesus talks about that relationship within the Trinity. He says, I do not speak on my own. I only speak what the Father gives me to speak. He says, I will, when I leave, I will send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will not speak, but only what I tell the Holy Spirit to speak. And Jesus says, I do not give glory to myself. I give glory to the Father. The Father gives glory to me, and so on. There's that relationship that's happening, and that's why God is... Uh, I'm lacking a word right now, but why God is so perfect, why God is so powerful, why God is so, so, <laughs> I lack the word, but I want to say successful in being God. <laughs> okay, for lack, there's your comedy for the week, but why is God so successful at being God? Because God is perfect relationship. And why are we as humans so unsuccessful at being humans? Because we lack perfect relationship. In the Garden of Eden, in the Genesis narrative, we're presented with Adam and Eve in perfect relationship with God, perfect relationship with each other, and perfect relationship within themselves. After they sin... Then they are divided against God, divided against each other, and divided within themselves. And what happens immediately after that, they enter poverty. They become homeless because they're expelled from the garden. Their son murders his brother, and they have to sweat in order to obtain their food. Work becomes a burden. In other words, everything became impoverished. Why? Because they broke relationship. Relationship is so important in order to seeing a just world. And the reason why we have injustices is because we have broken our relationships with God, with each other, and within ourselves. Now, I want to make this note before we get into the how-tos as well, is that we're not talking about learning to exist side by side. That's a common mistake we can make as people, is that we think, okay, we need to be in a relationship, let's learn how to get along and work side by side. That's not what I'm talking about. Look at the example, again, of the Trinity. Does Father, Son, Holy Spirit exist side by side? No. Jesus says, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. You see, it is a extreme, infinite intimacy that happens within the Trinity. Rather than being side by side, we are talking about the kind of world where we are truly in solidarity with each other, where we truly love one another and are literally in this together. In other words, your suffering is my suffering. Well, like Jesus says, I'm in the Father, the Father's in me. In other words, as humans, I am in you and you are in me. We are in complete unity. When we get to that degree of unity as humans, then we are truly in this together. Your suffering becomes my suffering. Your success becomes my success and vice versa. So let's talk about the how-tos. How do we actually get to this point of cooperation 
in the human family. First of all, let's talk about how to be in solidarity among cultures and religions. There's four steps I kind of wrote down and some things that Pope Benedict XVI brings out, but how do we live in solidarity among cultures and religions? First of all, we have to use discernment. Uh, even Pope Benedict XVI brings us out that not all religions or cultures are equal. You know, we have to kind of get rid of this kind of, it's kind of a ooey-gooey, warm, fuzzy feeling, say, oh, all religions are the same and all this. No, they're not. And that's okay. It's not a problem that they're not all the same. There are stark differences between religions and cultures. Uh, you know, and most religions teach love and unity. I know Christianity, Hinduism, you know, and most teach love and unity, but some teach isolation. Some religions and cultures teach isolation of the individual without the need for others. And even in America, America may be a predominantly Christian nation which teaches love and unity and need for others, but the culture of America is kind of disconnected from that. And America teaches rugged independence. I don't need you. I can lift myself up. So some cultures and religions teach that, and some religions teach magical superstitions that further isolates people. So we got to use discernment in order to get to a place of unity and cooperation. Second, we got to see the goodness in religions and cultures and learn from them. This allows whatever weaknesses or, or uh, gaps that are in our own experience to be filled. So if I say, okay, I'm not perfect and I'm not complete, therefore I'm going to study your religion. I'm going to study your culture so that I can learn and fill in the gaps where I need to. And you do the same for me. By doing that, we're actually achieving a, a more realistic unity. Number three, Ensure that religion is at the center of public domain. This is something the Pope brings out, is that to ensure that religion is at the center of the public domain. And so what happens in, in society oftentimes is that we... Uh, uh, extract religion from the public domain and from that we end up falling apart america began falling apart and having the chaos as now because we extracted religion and god from the public domain now do not divorce uh, and then finally the fourth step to to how do we get solidarity among cultures and religions is do not divorce reason from religion Reason and religion are not mutually exclusive, but rather mutually necessary. Okay. Reason needs religion in order to understand where it's headed. And then religion needs reason to know how to get there. And so we've got to have those. Okay. Next. The next how to, how to develop a better international economy. Now, we're, like it or not, globalism is here, and it can be used for the good of all nations, but some nations are still lacking in their development, and globalism presents an opportunity for stronger nations 
to contribute to the common good. So how do we develop a better international economy so that all nations and all peoples thrive? Well, there's five steps to this. You're getting a lot of steps and lists today, so I hope you're taking notes. First of all, ensure that cultures remain intact while helping them develop economically. Remain, again, ensure that cultures remain intact while helping them develop economically. There's a habit of Western nations to go into a nation and to westernize that nation. I mean, lots of cities in Africa look strangely like American cities. And the clothes the people are wearing look strangely American. You know, kind of got to knock that off a little bit. We, we want to keep the culture intact while helping them develop economically. So do it on their terms, not our terms. Secondly, strong countries can give aid to help other countries develop. And again, not to help them develop according to the standards of the country that's helping, but to the standards of the culture that's being helped. That goes along with the idea of subsidiarity, where we want to involve the people that are being helped, not uh, be Santa Claus to them. Third, ensure that products are not given and sold in the international community in a way that ends up only in the hands of a few, but rather is sold in a way that ensures the greatest benefit for the greatest number of people. Now, this can be done by looking at the laws and policies of a given country and helping that country to further develop for the good of its people. So, for example, if you're trying to help Venezuela develop right now, whatever help you give is going to end up in the hands of a few. At the top of the government, same with North Korea and some a few other nations. But if we're helping that nation develop better laws as an international community and better ways of distribution, then we can help the maximum number of people when we go in to help them develop. Fifth, leaders of companies should ensure good return for their workers while avoiding excess. Uh, This, you know, is where you get the massive amount of bonuses and kickbacks for the very people at the top and then very few for the people at the bottom. And this can happen in the international community. For example, if a a multinational company, uh, you know, opens up factories, for example, in uh, a third world country, but they're getting massive kickbacks from that factory while paying the workers very little. We've got to make sure we change that situation. So that's the how-to of how to develop a better international community. Next, let's talk about how to have more just tourism. Yeah, you heard me right on that. How to be more just in our tourism. Even tourism can be an element of injustice, and the Pope brings this out. We must ensure that when we tour internationally that we are doing so for the benefit of our brothers and sisters and not just for escapism. A lot of times we can, you know, we want to go to the Caribbean or we want to go, you know, South America, for example, or whatever, to just escape, just to have fun and party it up and vacation. But the Pope brings out that that is not the goal. (laughs) The goal of touring should be, yes, to get rest, but also to learn about other cultures and to uh, 
help benefit the people while we're there. So first of all, how do you have a more just tourism? First of all, we must end tourism for the purpose of sex. This is a tragedy, but there are, you know, travel agencies can be complicit in helping people tour countries for engagement in the sex trade while international governments turn a blind eye to what is going on. So you got places where it's maybe not legal, maybe it is, but to have sex with children. And Americans, for example, will tour those countries for that very act. And so the travel agency is being complicit in helping that person travel to that country, and that country is being complicit in turning a blind eye to what is going on. We have to stop tourism for the purpose of sex. Second, we should tour for rest so we can rest, yes, but make sure when you tour other countries that it is for the purpose of learning about that culture and how to be in solidarity with the people of that culture. So while you're in that country, go off the beaten path of tourist spots and learn about your brothers and sisters in the smaller areas. Yeah, be creative. Go out of your way there. You know, by the way, just as a note, it would be good if we could get back to the ancient practice of staying in people's homes rather than hotels. Just a thought. Now, the next how-to and the final one we'll tackle today is how to deal with unemployment. That is an, uh, uh, an injustice in our world, unemployment. And we need to learn how to do that. Unemployment is unjust. As a society, we have an obligation to ensure that people have the ability to provide for themselves and for their families. Nations must ensure that their economy is robust and that political ideologies and political agendas do not get in the way of a just economy. I am convinced that sometimes even the American government unjustly drives the economy into the ground for a certain political agenda. A just economy, though, ensures just wages and jobs that contribute to the development of the human person that people are not just working for the machine and for the sake of work, but they have meaningful employment to them that allows a person to express their creative purpose while earning a just wage. Now, why is it that we have jobs that are so beneficial to humans and to the earth and we pay the workers in those jobs such pathetic wages and the jobs that just do nothing for the betterment of mankind, they get paid crazy amounts of money. It's not just. Society must enact better policies, better standards, and better practices that do not involve political agendas, but rather have the human person and the family at the center. I want to know your thoughts. What do you think about all this? Give me your feedback at the email that we'll give you at the end of the episode. Now, one of my favorite comedy sketches, comedy shows of all time is the Red Green Show. It was on public broadcasting for a few years I think back in the 90s, I believe. You still watch some episodes on, on uh, various streaming services. But Red, the Red Green Show. Red Green was this guy who wore, 
was part of a lodge, the Possum Lodge, I think it was called, up in northern Ontario, Canada. And, you know, the show was just filled with men doing these silly things being men. And he would fumble his way through projects trying to be a man. You know, and I remember one time he had... He, the rear axle of his car went out. So instead of going to buy a new axle, he said, that's far too expensive to get a new axles. So he shows you how, and he always used duct tape for everything, but he showed you how to do it as a man, how a man would fix this problem. So he removed, jacks the car up, removes the rear axle. He's got a boat trailer. He slides the boat trailer under the car. Thus the boat trailer becomes his rear axle and his rear wheels and then the the hitch to the front of the trailer is you know up in front of the front bumper of the car and he says you don't want that swaying back for so he uses duct tape and with duct tape ties the hitch of the boat trailer to the front bumper of the car and he says there you go problem solved yeah just silly things like that as a man but it was funny but it is not funny when we fumble around in society to the detriment of people and families. When we fumble around as men for real is not funny. And we have to get back to a society. If we're going to have cooperation as a human family, we've got to get rid of our political agendas, our, our, our uh, let go of our ideologies that are mistaken. We've got to get it back to the family and the human person being at the center and humble ourselves Humble ourselves and admit we may be wrong, and I might need to learn from somebody else. May we truly learn how to cooperate as the human family, even as we learn to do so right where we are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.